0: And once you get to starting to threaten kids, taking kids from parents, I mean, that's the last straw. Well,
1: exactly. With 8957 being vetoed by Newsom, you know, our voices, the parents' voices mattered so much in that happening. Because two years ago, three years ago, he could have signed off all these bad bills and no one was saying anything really. The public wasn't aware. That's right. Parents weren't making phone calls. And so now he knows When he signs something that we've evidently made clear that we are unhappy about, he knows that not only will Californians be aware, but the whole nation's watching, and that's why your guys' voices matter so much. Welcome to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital with Sophia and Greg. Welcome back. It's been a couple weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks since we've been here. We've been in D.C. We've been kind of all over the place. That's right. Just brainstorming and talking to people on how to best advance God's um biblical truth here in the state of California. But we have some exciting things that we're gonna be talking to you so all So much about. has happened
0: in two weeks.
1: So much is going on. If you guys have not been keeping up with our social media or our newsletters, you are going to be overwhelmed, but we have great information coming sure. your way. Um, but first, if you have not seen either in our newsletters or on our social media, California Family Council is celebrating our 20 year anniversary and that's super exciting that we've been fighting up here for life family liberty for 20 years and so we are having a gala in orange county um on november 30th it's a thursday it'll be at 6 p.m and you can come you can celebrate with us as well as our keynote speaker is riley gaines and if you're not familiar with riley gaines she was an NCAA college swimmer. She was a 12 time All American swimmer. She was like as good as it gets for female swimmers across the entire nation. Yep. And she had to swim against a male who identified as a female. He's six foot four. She had to compete against him, tied him down to the millisecond or whatever the exact term is for swimming, but it's pretty impossible to tie someone that far. Yeah, he was on
0: the men's team, and he switched to the – and, of course, when he was competing against men, he was very mediocre.
1: Well, yeah, he ranked, I think, in like – he was like 400-something ranked with the men and then joined the women and all of a sudden was ranked in the top five. So she competed against him, tied him down to the very second – she also had to share a locker room with him, and he is a fully intact male, and she has shared stories about when you change into your swimsuit, it takes about 15 minutes to get it on, and your teammates kind of have to help you get it on, and everything's settled because the swimsuits are tight and all those things, and she was put in that awful situation, but so she has been speaking all across the nation. Yeah out for the protection of women and women's sports and so you have the opportunity to come celebrate with us and hear from her on thursday november 30th you can get more information and tickets it's all at californiafamily.org but we're looking so forward to celebrating with you all but with that we now are going to talk about some crazy things that Newsom has done. Um, we're going to talk about our attorney general filing some lawsuits against good people. And yeah. Pro-life
0: pregnancy care centers. He's after them.
1: Yes. Yeah. So why don't we start at least with the good news yeah. about what happened with AB 957.
0: Now AB 957, we've been talking about this bill, seems like months Warning you about it. Actually, the whole nation has been alarmed. Uh, This particular bill was going to tell judges in custody disputes that they need to favor the parent, the pro-trans parent. The parent who believes that a child, uh, if a child, no matter how young, uh, identifies as the opposite sex, the parent uh, that affirms that child and encourages that child's feelings to determine their gender, that's the parent that judges must consider the good parent. And it's going to affect custody. It was going to affect custody decisions. It was awful. Um, I mean, this is already happening. Judges are already doing this. But now it's simply mandate that they do it. Um, And surprisingly, Governor Newsom last Friday, he vetoed the bill. To the chagrin of all the LGBT activists, they were infuriated um that he did this um it's just a little evidence that public opinion around the country affects what uh governor newsom does Mm -hmm. you know and and hopefully he's listening to californians too but i think he thinks he's in the majority here well i don't think he is but um more and more parents are speaking up on these issues and once you get to starting to threaten kids, taking kids from parents, I mean that's the last straw.
1: Well, exactly, with eighty nine fifty seven being vetoed by Newsom, you know, our voices, the parents' voices mattered so much in that happening because two years ago, three years ago, he could have signed off all these bad bills and no one was saying anything really. The public wasn't aware. That's right. Parents weren't making phone calls, and so now he knows. When he signs something that we've evidently made clear that we are unhappy about, he knows that not only will Californians be aware, but the whole nation's watching, and that's why your guys' voices matter so much.
0: That's right, and he's around, you know, defending uh, Biden, actually going to debates, uh, speaking, you know, in, in lieu of the, that his own party on issues, and uh, defending. I guess he did not want to have to try and defend this law. Mm-hmm.
1: And, but on that note, we, we're going to obviously talk about some of the bad bills I've been signed, yeah. but we have been winning on a lot of parents' rights battles, and California Policy Center, who we are friends, we love to work with them, um, they're doing a great job in defending parents' rights as well. They had a parents' rights rally in Southern California earlier this week that... I was able to go and give a little talk at. So we'll show you guys all that for a little bit of encouragement before we dive into all the crazy. Fighting for truth and working in Sacramento, it is evident to me that we are not in a battle of man, but by fighting for the protection and innocence of children, we have entered a spiritual battle, a battle of good versus evil. Today, we have some of the most extreme anti-family and anti-parent legislators in the Capitol, or what I like to call the lion's den. Yet, this is nothing new. In 2013, AB 1266 passed into law requiring that students must be allowed to use bathrooms, locker rooms, and play on sports teams not based on their sex, but based on their gender identity. I want to make one thing clear, you cannot change your gender, and you were not born in the wrong body. In fact, you were created perfectly in the image of God. I was recently kicked out of a library in Davis for saying this, but I will not stop saying that a man can never be a woman, a father can never be a mother, and a boy can never be a girl. And we must stand firm in these truths specifically for the protection of our children. Every California legislative session since 2013, the attacks on children and parental rights have only increased. But this year, we have seen a turn in the tide. For the first time since 2013, parents are winning. Parents are getting their rights back and that is because all of you that are here. It is because we have woken up to the madness and we are standing up against the lies. From parent notification policies being passed in Chino, Temecula, Orange, and so many more, to AB 957 being vetoed, to winning lawsuits in favor of parents' rights in Escondido and Monterey, we are winning. We are making it known that we do not co-parent with the government. And Governor Newsom and Senator Scott Wiener, I have some news for you. You do not get to remove parental rights without a fight. And we will win. And truth will prevail. But parents, to win, we must stand united in defending parental rights. When spiritual warfare attacks, and it will, we must stand united. Children are our most precious gift, and it is our responsibility to make the best decisions for their well being. So let us continue to advocate for the freedom to do so ensuring that our values and our beliefs are passed down to future generations. Myself and California Family Council are looking forward to continuing to fight alongside you all because truth will prevail.
0: Wow, you got an inspiring uh, speech. That was quite an inspiring speech. I was inspired and I love the music behind. They played music behind there when you were there, just to rev up the crowd. Get everyone
1: going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think she actually added that yes, later. Yes, that
1: but... was added in. <laughs> but to make it a little more interesting to watch, yeah, to add the music in. No, that's great. Yeah, but I mean, it's true. We are seeing wins that we haven't seen in a long time. But that's we right. do have to remember, this is one of the worst legislative sessions we've seen in a while as well. So, we've had great wins, but we also would be lying to you all to not keep you informed about the other bills that are being signed. So, he vetoed AB 957, but there was eight um, pretty bad LGBTQ plus bills that he did sign into law. So, maybe can you touch on a couple of those, Greg? Yeah,
0: so, you know, he disappointed all of his supporters on Friday. And then Saturday, to redeem himself, he signed eight other uh, pieces of legislation that the LGBTQ caucus was pushing. And so let me just mention some of these bills. Some of them are minor. reminder. Some of them were more major. The major ones, I just want to briefly, this is the bills he signed, AB5, which really is a, uh, trains teachers um, to actually profile non-LGBT affirming parents. It's actually a bill to require all teachers to have the yearly training on how to affirm everything LGBT in their students, right? And part of that is to beware of those parents who might not agree with uh, their kid's gender identity, right? And so it's just another uh, effort to indoctrinate all the public school teachers that there's only one way to think about gender and sex, only one way that you can, you know. So teachers have to resist and stand up for their own religious liberty, their own freedom of speech, and not say anything they, know, they don't believe to be true. Um, so uh, so that bill did pass. Um, another one I, I bring up uh, regarding bathrooms, right? Um, this is also part of the agenda to erase gender altogether. Now public schools all have to have a gender-neutral bathroom. They have to find one of their, their uh, bathrooms, make it gender-neutral, now, it could be either single stall, which I don't have a big problem with, mm-hmm. but it also could be multiple stall. It could, you just take one of your girls' bathrooms and say, you know what, anybody can go into this bathroom, right? And so this is a slow push. Um, I mean, right now we're arguing, you know, that the kids can pick whatever gender they want, but eventually they're going to make gender a non-thing, right? And everybody's going to get used to, you know, all your private spaces being invaded by the opposite sex. And so... That's continuing to go. Another really concerning bill is SB 407. And this bill requires foster parents to be LGBT affirming. So, which means is it, w- a part of the application process to be a foster parent, they're going to ask you, hey, hey, you have to commit. Are you willing to commit that if your foster kid happens to be gender confused or identifies as one of the LGBTQ uh, alphabet?" Um, you have to be affirming. You have to uh, be all on board with gender affirming care. And that, pff, I keep using their term, it's trans, transing, medical transitioning of minors through drugs and mutilating surgeries. That's what they call gender affirming care. It doesn't affirm your gender, it actually distorts your gender. Uh, but you got to be all on board if you want to be a, a foster care parent. So, Christians. Anybody of uh, a faith or a belief that gender determines biology is going to be put in a bind. You do have to lie and say, yeah, I'll go along with it um, just to, in order to serve and uh, be a foster care parent. Even if to an infant or a toddler, you know, they're going to make you sign off on it. Um, so this, this, is, this is going to get a lawsuit uh, because what they're more or less saying is that only – Certain, uh, you have to have the right uh, government-approved beliefs about gender if you're going to do foster care. That means Christians, Muslims, anybody of any other faith that has a religious belief that differs from that is not going to be able to be a foster parent. That violates freedom of religion. It's going to be a big, a big mess. But they, they went ahead and did it anyway. So those are some of the main bills. They had some other bills about making it easy to change your name and change your gender, um, taking away some of the, you know. Red tape about doing that, so it's going to be uh, very. We're going to grow up in a genderless society, uh, which in 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 the end destroys families, destroys our ability to, you know, uh, reproduce. How are you going to you want to date someone and you don't even know what the sex of the other person is? I mean, it's this is suicide. So, and
1: anyway. like how we're talking about all these bills and legislation that. Are focusing on this illogical trans ideology, you know that's probably the number one issue we're seeing and fighting here in California right now. We're seeing it invade the school system. We're seeing it ruin kids' lives. We're seeing families be split apart. We're seeing it through legislation. There were so many bills this year about trans ideology. Yeah, and yet Governor Newsom last night was at the GOP debates, and um, some of the media there was asking him about this. What do you think about this issue? Because It would be a lie to say that this isn't one of the number one issues, social, it's the number one social issue that we're fighting here in California right now.
0: And whether parents have a right to know if their kid is Mm -hmm. doing any transitioning at school, do parents have a right to be notified? Yeah, and so Governor Newsom was asked about that, and let's watch how that went. Why should parents not know if their kids are transitioning well, at school? It's a hell of a
1: thing. You're talking about about 1% of the population. Climate change, that's impact 100% of the population, was Ema you know, brought up. And we're talking about trans issues. Here in California, talking, this is an issue is the for you. It's for parents, parents. This is a front and center issue in America. Why yeah, should not know? It's, no, it's, no, it's no, the no, great, this is one of the greatest distractions. And it's classic. 1% of the, the population in the, in the United States, these kids just want to live. These kids just want to live. And we're having a debate about trans issues at the Reagan Library. It's not to be a 1%?
0: We're only talking about 1% of the kids. Well, it's not 1% anymore. I mean, maybe it used to be 1%. Now we're talking about how many kids do you know? Do everybody know someone, a kid that has come out as something else than the gender they are. It's become commonplace. Why has it become commonplace? Because it's being taught down in kindergarten. You're telling kids they get to pick their gender. Don't be surprised that more and more kids start to pick their gender, right? I mean, I was just reading an article this morning about a class down uh, uh, in Escondido, a teacher who sued the school district because she was told that she had to keep the gender identity of students secret. Well, you know what's happening in her class? She had seven girls in her class that all of a sudden didn't want to be referred to as girls anymore, right? And, and, what? Seven girls? What are the odds, right? And, and that's what's happening in classes, and Newsom is just pretending it isn't happening, it, you know. You know, it's not happening. This is a distraction, right? You know, it's, you know. It's just, he completely, what is this called, gaslighting? Yeah,
1: and he's completely (laughs) gaslighting everyone, and by saying that these kids just want to live, this stats show that children who actually go through these transitions and are affirmed in it are more suicidal than those that don't, so that's not helping them live. Also, women, girls, no one wants boys and girls' bathrooms and locker rooms on sports teams, all that, so this whole 1% and they just want to live, no, it's affecting everyone's lives. It's harming everyone. There are so many girls that have been sexually abused and now they have to see a male changing next to them or in a space that should be safe and it should be sex separated. Oh, yeah. So he's choosing to absolutely ignore all of this. And yes, we celebrate eighty nine fifty seven being vetoed and him doing that. But that doesn't mean we're happy with what he's doing and what's going on. We have to celebrate that victory. We work so hard for it, but we're also going to be honest about the horrible things that are happening. And, and if
0: you look at his veto message for the uh, AB 957. He said, "You know what? Uh, judges are already doing this. They, are, they already assess um, uh, the gen- whether parents are being gender affirming, right? And they—they—they—and they—they're uh, already dis- they are already deciding that uh, parents who affirm are, be- are the better parents. I mean, we already have judges doing that. We already have instances of uh, parents losing custody of their kids." Because they didn't want them to transition medically. Um, That's already happening. Judges are already doing it. This bill was just to cement it uh, as a fact. And so it started a debate, and it did start a debate. The whole nation Mm -hmm. is now talking about this. Uh, That's what this bill did. So thank you for introducing it.
1: (laughs) Because (laughs) now
0: we are pushing back harder than ever. Mm
1: -hmm. And another bill, if you guys have been following along with the podcast or our social media newsletter and website... You would have seen us talk about AB 1078. We've been, again, like Greg mentioned earlier, we've been fighting these bills for months. And AB 1078 was one of the main ones we've been fighting by Corey Jackson. Um, Greg, I'll let you dive into it. But before we get to that, I just want to say this bill this is the bill where you saw Corey Jackson say that if parents don't want pornographic books in schools, they're white Christian nationalists and supremacists. So that's a lie. Um, the same bill during one of the other hearings. A mom came and she read a book where it was extremely full of pornographic information. Read it here at the state capitol in no. the hearing. And one of our senators, she said, can you say, Corey Jackson, a selling member Corey Jackson, can you say that this book is not appropriate for children? And he couldn't. And he said, well, I haven't read the whole book. You don't need to read a whole book. If a mom reads you two pages of that, it's not appropriate for children. You can say, you know what? I would have to read the rest of the book to talk about the other 87 pages, but those two pages, absolutely not. So we have been posting a ton about this bill, fighting it, but why don't you explain a little bit about what the bill is doing?
0: Yeah, what spurred this bill is we had local school districts um, either banning critical race theory. They said, hey, we're not going to teach critical race theory, which is actually a racist theory that says, you know, certain races are oppressed and certain races are oppressors always, and uh, they need to be viewed that way. It divides everybody up into groups, and you have the su- those who are oppressed and those who are not. Uh, it's very divisive. This theory, and it's showing up everywhere. Um, and so, school districts saying, you know, we're not going to teach. We'll teach about uh, the history of the Civil War and how uh, how awful it was to enslave certain races. Um, we'll talk about the Civil Rights Era and how bad racism was. Well, we're not going to pretend all whites are racist or that currently all blacks are still oppressed. Um, That's what critical race theory is. They said, no, we're not going to do that. That is un-American. It's it's wrong. It's just lying. Mm -hmm. It's racist itself. So they said no. Uh, uh, And then there was one school district who also said, we don't like Harvey Milk. He's a terrible example. And so we're not going to pass a curriculum that includes him as a hero. Um, Temecula did this, and they said that because Harvey Melk is a known pedophile. Uh, in his own uh, the biography, it talks about his sexual relationship with a teenager, a sixteen-year-old, when he was thirty-one. Everybody knows about it. And um, why, why are we promoting this guy? And, and so, a school board said, "You know, we don't. We're going to take that part. We don't want that part. We don't want that guy being highlighted in this curriculum." Oh, well, that just set them off. And so, this particular bill. It says you cannot, uh, school districts can no longer ban, um, uh, anybody who identifies as LGBT from the curriculum, uh, and you can't ban any, any issues related to racism, right? And, but most of the, most of the, what's happening also around the state is there's pornography being put into the school libraries. They never address that. They, they you know, we read the books to them like they did in that hearing and they go, oh, they can't, they can't say no to pornography. Uh, Sadly, well, just as a fact, a lot of the pornography is in books promoting LGBT ideology. And so in an attempt to protect the LGBT books, they're just turning the blind eye to the pornography in those books.
1: Which is absolutely ridiculous because if there was this book and it was about a man and a woman and this love story about them, but it was pornographic and there was pornographic material, I'd still be like, no, I don't care that 90% of the book is about this great love relationship between a man and a woman. This pornographic, it doesn't matter if it's um, heterosexual, homosexual, anything. None of it's okay.
0: That's right. And so this bill passed, and we're showing a little video because the governor, they're all saying, hey, we're stopping the banning of books. Okay? Books in schools... Are always um, limited. <laughs> you don't want to have your elementary school have access to graphic material, and you don't want to have the school libraries in junior high in high school have really awful pornographic books in them, right? That's that's not be- book banning. That's just you know, movies regulate what kind of adult material. Is in movies? Are we banning you know movies just because we don't let you know a 13 year old go to an X rated movie or an R rated movie? No, so we're, we're just, it's a lot of ridiculousness. And so, but at least watch it; you'll see what they're saying.
1: Ability of every generation to making sure that the rights go on for the next generation to be able to enjoy. And today is a special day, and so I want to thank the governor uh, for being able to make sure that we meet this moment in history. I appreciate you and your leadership. Uh, Remarkable that we're living in a country right now in this banning binge, this cultural purge that we're experiencing all throughout America and now increasingly here in the state of California where we have school districts, large and small, banning books, uh, banning free speech criminalizing librarians and teachers. And we want to do more than just push back rhetorically against that. And that's what this legislation provides. It allows us to become the second state. Illinois did a version of this that goes into effect in January. When I sign your bill, it will go in effect immediately in the state of California. ban on book bans here in the state. This is long overdue. And this banning binge has to come to an end. So I'm grateful for your leadership. And with the simple signature, make that happen
0: thank you in Patrick. our state I'm grateful for your leadership yeah there's so much de- deception and lies and you know uh, you listen to that and you don't know what he's talking about like what are we talking about wow are we banning like you know some great works of art is that what's happening no no that's not that's not what they're advocating banning but that's what they pretend you know uh, freedom of speech has never covered obscenity y- you can't promote pornography Mm -hmm. and and say that's free speech right there's always been some regulations on pornography Mm -hmm. especially in schools um i was at a school board meeting the other night in elk grove uh and they had a a school board meeting about parental rights and one of the things one of the parents brought up was you know you give us the right to opt our kids out of sex ed in uh elementary school and in junior high and high school parents can opt their kids out of the sex ed curriculum but at the same time they are putting books into the elementary school classrooms that that are available to four-year-olds which show pictures of adults having sex so you you graphic sexual books for elementary school kids and, and you don't let parents like have any way to keep their kids from seeing them right and so it makes no sense So it's horrible anyway
1: and unfortunately parents rights isn't the only thing being attacked um, up here in beautiful Sacramento with these great legislators there is also pregnancy centers under attack right now so we have been if you go back to some of our older podcasting (coughs) posts we were fighting hard against quite a few different bills that were attacking pregnancy centers this session and We praise God that those bills all died or got moved to two-year bills, so we're going to have time to fight them next year. And so that was such a win. We really thought we made it through the legislative session without pregnancy centers being attacked. And by the end of it, we were able to kill those bills. And then... Right after the legislation, legislative session ended, our attorney general Rob Bonta, who you may be familiar with because he is suing some school he's suing Chino Valley School District right now over their parent notification policy. Yep. But he just filed a lawsuit against five pregnancy resource centers over the abortion pill reversal. And his reasoning is he says it's false and deceptive claims. That's why he's suing them for this. And so some of you might not be familiar with the abortion pill process or the abortion reversal pill process. So the way that looks is there is an abortion pill. A lot of people get that confused with the morning after pill, plan B. But no, it's a completely separate thing. It causes an abortion to happen in your body. It's a two-step process. You take mifepristone. Um, they make you take it normally at the clinic you go to, and they just tell you it's a super easy pill to take. It's not. You take Mifepristone, it chemically starves the baby. That's right. So the baby is in your uterus, it chemically starves of progesterone, which as a woman, our body naturally produces to help the baby, um, survive. So the baby and gets... that
0: drug stops progesterone.
1: Yes, it yeah. stops the progesterone, and it starves the baby to death. Mm. Then... 24 to 48 hours later, they take the second pill, misopristal. And that is what puts a woman's body into labor to expel the dead baby out. So if you want to talk about who's forced birthers they are, they are literally putting your body to go and expel the dead baby out that you just was just starved by this pill. It's a horrible thing. Women are lied to it all the time about it all the time. They're just told, well, Oh, it's just this easy process, and then all of a sudden you're not pregnant anymore. They don't realize the depths of what's going on. But because again, it's a two-step process as of right now, after you take that first pill, which chemically starves the baby because it stops the progesterone, you can take the abortion reversal pill if you regret what you've done. And all the abortion reversal pill does is it puts progesterone back into your body no one is claiming that 100 percent it saves a baby every single time but we have live babies here today saved because of it that's right so he is saying it's false and deceptive to give women this first of all this isn't the only reason women take progesterone when a woman is struggling to get pregnant when she's wanting to get pregnant and she's had miscarriages Struggles to get pregnant, women are given progesterone. If you have had multiple miscarriages or even one, when you try to get pregnant again, your doctor will give you progesterone because it will help and try to keep the baby alive and go through the processes that need to happen. And that's not the there's multiple different reasons women can um, take progesterone, it's something our body naturally produces. It's there's nothing harmful by taking the progesterone. That's right. And he wants to stop this because he claims he's pro choice. But what about giving a woman a choice to save her baby? What about giving a woman a choice to give her baby the second chance of life if she regrets what she's doing? So he is completely removing that or trying to sue these pregnancy centers for that. He claims that there's no scientific studies that prove progesterone works, um, the abortion pill reversal works. But let me walk you all through that to have a scientific study to show that the abortion reversal pill works works consistently and isn't harmful to women, what you would have to do is you would have to get a group of let's say 100 women and you would have to get a group of 100 pregnant women and ask them all to take the abortion pill and that they'll all take progesterone after and hopefully their baby will survive. You are not going to find, what it's inhumane, it's disgusting, it's horrible, so you can't do that. You're not gonna find women to sign up that are pregnant, yeah, let me take this abortion pill and starve my baby and then take progesterone and see if it works. That's not how this works. You can't do that. First of all, it's, yeah.
0: no one's going to no one's going to risk losing their own child.
1: Exactly. But we have enough data and information now of moms that have babies because they took it and no woman has been harmed by taking progesterone. If they start bleeding out or things different things happen, that's from the abortion pill. It's not from the progesterone, but We were talking to one of our local pregnancy centers um, here to the Capitol, and I believe they said they had four women take um, the abortion reversal pill just in the past month or two, and they know for sure they have at least three viable pregnancies from it. Wow. And I just don't, it's pure evil. It's disgusting. But so this is what's going on. We will keep you all updated about what the lawsuit's. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually
0: on. grateful that he did this because what it's going to do is everybody's going to know about the abortion reversal pill, and they're all, and we're going to get to, uh, you know, show all the women and all the little kids who are now here because the abortion pill saved their lives, mm-hmm. right? And he, <laughs> he thinks he's um, uh, fighting this terrible thing, you know, saving saving kids who are, you know, would have been killed. No. He's highlighting something that he's uh, he's highlighting something that he's against but is actually good and it's gonna be a great advertisement um, mm-hmm. and well great you want to debate about whether this pill is great let's do it
1: yeah uh, it's a winning issue and you know I mean I think the reason they're so afraid of this abortion reversal pill is if a woman takes it and saves her baby then you you have to admit that abortion kills a baby. That's right. What
0: are you going to do with these little, little, these little kids, right, who are standing here mm-hmm. uh, they wouldn't have been here if they, they, they would have taken the second pill uh, or they let the first pill take its effect? Yeah. Um, it, it re- it's revealing the truth, and they don't want the mm-hmm. truth to be revealed.
1: Yeah, and on that note, well, I know we'll go to our next topic, but if you are not familiar with the abortion pill or anything like that, please make sure... The women in your life are informed and knowledgeable about it. When they go to abortion clinics and they're given the abortion pill, they're told once they take it, there's no going back, that they can't do what they did, all that. And they can. They can take that abortion reversal pill and have the opportunity to try to save their baby's life. So just make sure people are well informed on that. But... Now kind of still on the life issue. I think we touched on this a little bit on maybe our last podcast and on our social media, but the California GOP convention is this weekend. And Greg, what are they trying to do?
0: Well, I think they tried to do this before, but they're trying to change the platform. I mean, uh, there's folks within the Republican Party who just don't like these... Religious, conservative, social conservative folks who keep talking about the value of the unborn and the importance of a man-woman marriage. and our, But our plat, the platform uh, of the GOP is always included a, uh, a section. It's like a 15-page document. It has a whole page on the family. Uh, and it defines the family uh, that we are for the two-parent family to be the ideal that we're all shooting for And that ideal family has a mother and a father. Um, It used to not be very controversial, but now that is so controversial that they want to change that and take out the fact that uh, families are made up of two adults and just say the family unit, and they want to take out the part that says that a family ideally should be made up of a man and a woman. Um, So that's kind of abandoning the Judeo-Christian values that have influenced uh, the Republican Party platform. It's in the national platform. Everybody knows the Republicans are uh, for a two-parent uh, man-woman uh, marriage. Um, and the other thing they're taking out is the pro-life plank. Um, you know, the current pro-life plank in the California GOP platform is long, and it explains that you know life begins at conception, um, and we should be valuing it to natural death. Uh, We are against euthanasia and we, you know, uh, believe that Roe versus Wade is a good decision. And now the new version of the pro-life plank is reduced to like two sentences and says, you know, we don't like, we want there to be fewer abortions and we support adoption. And that's it. So that's really gutting the pro-life message. And they think they're doing this because those two views are not very popular in California. So in order to get more people to vote for you, you're going to give up the core beliefs of what it means to be a Republican. Well,
1: they're selling out.
0: They're selling out. And, and so...
1: Yeah, also, I know we were saying the California GOP. If you're not familiar with what that means, that's the Republican Party.
0: The good old... what is it? the name? Good mm-hmm. old party?
1: Yeah. The, well, it's the Republican Grand Party. Grand old basically. party. Yes, that's what it is. Right. Um, but... I know that could be frustrating to hear. I know that could be hard to hear. I mean... For us as Christians, you know, there is no perfect party to vote for. There is easier options if one is pro-life, pro um, one man and mar- one woman marriage, all these things. And so that can be hard to hear. And then, but don't let it make you give up and fighting for what's right and fighting for truth and selling out for what's right. And Almost let it encourage you. When our legislators or people here in the state capitol are selling out on our beliefs because they want to get votes, don't ever stoop to that level. Keep standing for what's right. Keep standing for what's true. Even when you feel like you're the only person standing because someone has to stand and you don't know by sharing something on social media, by standing for what's right, by talking to your neighbors and your family about what's going on and what you believe You don't know how many people that might encourage to also stand up and start making phone calls. So when discouraging things happen here, let it light a fire under you and let it just encourage you more to stand for what's right because we can't give up.
0: That's right. Well, and hopefully uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, Christians and those of other faiths at the party uh, this weekend. And hopefully they're advocating to keep the platform the same and not to abandon what motivates many people to get involved in politics is the life issue um, and the marriage issue. So don't give up. Keep going. Keep uh, trying to have an influence. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your role. Salt and light, no matter how dark it gets.
1: Yeah, and we will see you all next time. Um, continue to tune in to our social media. Visit californiafamily.org. Sign up for our newsletter. We that's send right. once a week a newsletter with all the updates about what's going on sign up and go to our gala. We're looking forward to seeing you all and celebrating with you all there. But just keep up to date with our things. We're constantly posting different events, where we're going to be, what's going on. And maybe by following along, you won't feel alone in this battle. So keep fine with us and we'll see you all next time.